Good morning. It's good being with you again this morning. If there were any debate whether the Scripture definitively claims that Jesus Christ is God, that debate is quickly settled by a passage found in Hebrews. In our contemporary world, people no longer categorically believe everything they've been taught. The millennial mindset was to question everything. Just because it was the status quo before doesn't mean it's right. Young people today, more than ever, are questioning the foundations of everything. Work ethics, loyalty, authority, and religion. I grew up singing Jesus Loves Me in the church nursery. My whole life has been deeply influenced by church life. I don't remember a time wondering if I believed in God or if His Son Jesus was, in fact, God. My beliefs run deep largely because of the secure environment in which I was raised and taught of the truths and principles of God's Word. However, to a society that has grown up in single-parent homes and an ever-increasing humanism and departure away from the church, God has provided solid scriptural evidence to prove in the deity of His Son. The writer of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews 1, 8, and 9, But unto the Son He saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Follow the succession of the passage. God the Father speaks to his Son, Jesus, and declares that his throne is forever and ever. Notice closely because in His declaration, the Father calls His Son God. The Heavenly Father believes that Jesus is God. So shouldn't we? There are many contradictory beliefs in the world today, even among those who claim to believe the Bible. But if one is honest and sincere, he cannot walk away from this passage without hard evidence in Jesus as God. Of course, we believe that Jesus is one of the divine personages of the Godhead, consisting of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are one as God. However, each exercises unique roles in that unity. One aspect I found encouraging from these verses is found in verse 9. The Father said that His Son loved righteousness and hated iniquity. As a result of them completely agreeing in their holiness, the Father anointed the Son with gladness, even above all others. Look at the result mentioned here of Jesus' commitment to righteousness. He was rewarded with gladness. Described here in a similar vein as would a priest receive an anointing of oil upon the eve of a particular calling, or a king would receive an anointing as a commission to his reign on the throne. Jesus would enjoy special anointing of gladness, because he properly feared the Lord. Therein is a result of our decision to do right. In spite of great temptation and surrounded by others who may be participating in a certain sin, to the one committed to staying righteous and true to their God, they will be rewarded with true gladness. Oh, that we might learn the recipe for real gladness. It's not found in the empty temptations of the world. It's found in living for Christ. God bless you today. I love you.